September 30th, Saturday of the 25th week in Ordinary Time and the Feast of St. Jerome. We are attracted to power. We want it for ourselves because it feeds our ego, gives us a sense of security, and provides an advantage over others. If we don't ourselves have the power to dominate, we are attracted to it in others as long as they are not a threat. On the other hand, we despise weakness. No one wants to be a victim and most avoid associating with them. We treat the so-called losers with pity at best and contempt at worst. We like to think we are better than they are, although in reality, we often hate in others what we most fear in ourselves and cannot honestly face. Jesus drew crowds of followers because of his power. They saw it in his miracles where he healed people of diseases and disabilities, cast out demons, and even brought people back from the dead. They had never seen anything like it. It went beyond human capabilities and showed mastery over what they most feared in life. They also saw his power in his words. He spoke with unaccountable wisdom, assurance, and authority. He even challenged their rulers, both their own religious masters and their feared Roman conquerors. That was also what got Jesus in trouble. He was emerging as a threat to the existing powers, something they would not long tolerate. In today's gospel, Jesus warns the admiring crowds of this. Not only will he face fierce opposition, but he will submit to it. He will lay aside his power and suffer for his single-minded obedience to God's will. This apparent sign of weakness will scandalize the crowds and drive most of them away. Recall how people mocked him when he was arrested, tried, and executed. Even on the cross, the onlookers, including one who was crucified with him, showed their contempt. They all missed the point. In Jesus and in those who follow him, the willingness to lay aside worldly power and all the advantages that come with it is a sign of strength, not of weakness. It is rooted in an understanding of our human limitations and our utter dependence on God. Everything we have is God's gift, and if we deny that and rely only on ourselves, we will inevitably fail. If we recognize the truth of our human reality and humbly put our lives in God's hands, we will ultimately triumph, as Jesus did. But that will require deep faith in God's mercy and power and a willingness to sacrifice in obedience to God's will. This plays out in many ways, including in our relationship to the church. 
We want the church to reflect the glory and power of the risen Christ. But often we get the weak, wounded, and suffering Jesus. We see scandals, greed, arrogance, and incompetence. Some respond with denial and cover-ups, which just makes matters worse. In refusing to face the problems, They allow them to grow and add scandal to scandal. Others see the problems and just walk away in anger and frustration, or they discredit the church for its failures. That is misguided also. Jesus chose to surround himself with sinners, as at the table of Matthew, the tax collector, which was an embarrassment to his friends and a sign of weakness to his enemies. But, as Jesus explained, that was his mission, to gather the sinners, the despised, and the rejected, and bring them God's merciful forgiveness and acceptance. We are, by God's will, a human church, and therefore a sinful church. That does not excuse its sins, or relieve us of the responsibility for remedying them and avoiding them in the future. Nevertheless, it should not blind us to Christ's ongoing presence among us or undermine our faith in God's power to overcome the evil we encounter in our world. The first reading is a powerful reminder of that. In it, the prophet Zechariah addresses the people who have endured a long and painful exile because of their infidelity. Yet, he assures them, God has not forgotten them and will not only restore their home, but make it the glory of all the nations. We need to embrace that vision as well as we endure our exile in this sinful world seeing with the eyes of faith the compassionate presence of God among us in Christ both crucified and risen. As the Irish poet Seamus Heaney once said as he remembered his Catholic upbringing, what isn't sufficiently acknowledged is the radiance of Catholicism. It gave everything in the world a meaning. It brought a tremendous sense of being of the dimensions of reality, the shining edges of things. The older I get, the more I remember the benediction of it all.